Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. So that's a piece that I think really does talk about faith. Yeah. What if we kind of went through the story and just highlighted some of the faith? But then in the end referred back and, and said, Okay, so this is when Isaac blesses the sons. Mm-hmm. Um, how, where is Jacob's faith showing when he blessed Joseph's sons? Why was Jacob blessing Joseph's sons? I don't know that. They were his grandsons. Yeah. And that, is that what, like, wouldn't the father bless the son? Typically, oh, yes. But Abraham might have not been around <clears throat> when Isaac had that. So I mean, Jacob wasn't around when Joseph had his sons. No, he was. Joseph's sons were born in Egypt. Okay. Okay. So he, I think before Jacob and the rest of the family came to Egypt, before the um, famine. famine. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe that's what happens. Like Abraham blessed Isaac, but Abraham wasn't around for Jacob and Esau because Abraham died. Mm-hmm. Right? But then maybe the tradition. Generally, the blessing just went from father to son. It didn't go. Right. You know, father, right. Yeah, that's why I'm like, why was. Why did Joseph, or why did Isaac bless Joseph's sons? Or why did Jacob, or Jacob, Jacob is the one, yeah, yeah, that blessed Joseph. It's like, oh, wow. I don't know. I don't need to know the answer. That could be something we're getting stuck on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's an answer to that. I don't know. We might find an answer when we're looking through Joseph. Maybe Joseph, right. he didn't receive a blessing, right, from, um, from Jacob, Am I getting this right? I know. Maybe Joseph didn't give a blessing because maybe he was, you know, all in Egypt and all that. Maybe, I don't know why he may not have, but maybe then it did go to Jacob as the spiritual head of their tribe, their household. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he was... The only thing I can come up with for that is that Jacob would bless Joseph's sons because Joseph was not the firstborn, so he didn't have any rights. But he was ah. favorite. Yeah. He was the favorite son. So, therefore, Joseph wouldn't have had any blessings, but right. Jacob wanted to make sure that his sons, that, his, that Jacob, since he was his favorite son, that Jacob's sons would receive a blessing, thereby okay. skipping all of Over the whole generation and blessing Joseph's sons. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Hmm. 
I mean, verse 37, or chapter 37, verse 3 in Genesis, it says, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, which we all know. Um, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of blessings that can be conferred, too. So it might not necessarily have been a like the blessing of a, the formal blessing of a father to a son. Like I bless Evie all the time. I lay my hands on her and I pray blessings upon her. Yeah. So um, I, she's not my child. Right. But I, I still think that there's so much power in that blessing that it's important to make sure it's being done. Yeah. But I, I do think that in this situation, it is another a formal reason. blessing. Yeah. So I wonder, and I didn't study it hard, but the part about Jacob blessing his sons was was almost like, um, you know, how Reuben was, he slept with his dad's concubine or something like that. He was really yeah. disrespectful. He's supposed to get firstborn and he doesn't get it. So it's almost like, when Jacob by faith was blessing, what would happen in Reuben's life? This is what you'll have. Almost foretelling based on what you've done. This is what, I don't know that he was prophesying. I I am saying that, but I'm saying as a result of the way you've behaved before, this is what you'll have. Oh, 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 wait a minute, guys. Look at chapter 48. Jacob says to Joseph, now then, your two sons born to you in Egypt before I came to you here will be reckoned as mine. Okay, wait a minute. Well, 48 what? 48. Five. Five. Just as Reuben and Simeon are mine. Any children born to you after them will be yours. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah, so I I think it's his way of bringing them into the tribe of Israel. Mm -hmm. He's actually kind of like adopting Joseph's two sons. So Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and there he blessed me and said to me, I'm going to make you fruitful and will increase your numbers. I will make you a community of people, and I will give this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. Now then, your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, will be mine, just as Reuben and Simeon are mine. Any children born to you after them will be yours. In the territory they inherit, they will be reckoned under the names of their brothers. As I was returning from Padan to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan while we were still on the way, a little distance from Ephraim. So I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So the blessing gives the firstborn of each tribe their land, right? Yeah. And each mm-hmm. tribe has a parcel of land, and so that goes to the one that gets the blessing, right? Be, and the yeah. right to be the leader of that tribe. To be reckoned as, as Jacob's yeah. son would give, him, give them land, yeah, yep. And, yep. and the leader of that tribe. That's exactly yep. right. And Jacob gave Ephraim, instead of the older brother Manasseh, the greater blessing. Right. When Joseph objected, objected, Jacob refused to listen because God had told him that Ephraim would become greater. Yeah, so he intentionally crossed his arms. I'm reading in 48.12. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Joseph tries to correct him in 17. Mm-hmm. Right. He says, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I may be old, but I'm not stupid. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. He's like, um, I understand the trickstery that happens when it's time for a blessing. Right. Yeah, and that's the truth. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He's blessing the younger one, which is what who, who he, he was. Mm-hmm. He's breaking it once again, that same tradition of the older one gets the, the double portion. You know, I think it just shows that God will decide. Yeah. No matter what the tradition is, no matter, maybe God set it up that way that the firstborn would get it. But God decides who gets the blessing. He can still usurp his own, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> his own order if he wants to. That's a good point. The problem I kept having was, though, with Rebecca and Jacob being manipulative and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was and like, the same lies. this work out? Yeah. yeah. It's the same yeah. lies. Just, you're, she's my sister. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Again? Yeah. Have you learned nothing? I think that... I think the beauty of it is that, I mean, there is so much that they are doing overtly wrong and they know it's wrong and they're doing it anyway, but God still sees them as faithful. Yeah. Yeah. Let's kind of flesh that out because I'm struggling on that part. And you know what? Through the whole thing, um, even though... um, Jacob does all kinds of wrong things and and all that. He's still depending on God. He's still depending on God for the flocks to come out the way God Mm. wants them to. He's still Uh depending on God to, um, you know, protect him when he goes to meet Esau. He's still leaning into God about things. He doesn't like give him, just totally give him up, give him over. So, no, I mean, that's true. But then like at the same time, um, he's manipulating the flocks. And I mean, you know, obviously God is going to oversee that, but like taking the fresh cut branches and then the peeled branches that are going to be the water in front of the water, like that's not how it works. <laughs> You know, because you're watering your animals in front of striped branches, mm-hmm. that doesn't make them striped like it doesn't turn a horse into a zebra so obviously god's hand is in this but at the same time he's picking the best ones and he's leaving the weak ones and so he's seeing you know god's god's seeing this and honoring it and making them striped or speckled or whatever but jacob is taking the best for himself and leaving the crummy stuff for laban because he no. deserves it. He's one of the, such a, Laban was a trickster himself. He was a trickster himself. Right. One of the commentaries that I read said that, that um, Jacob did not actually make an active commitment to follow God until the encounter at Bethel. Mm. That prior to that, he knew about God and he, you know, he kind of played around the edges of it, but he had not actually made a commitment of his own until Bethel. Oh, that's a good point. When yeah. he wrestled with God. Yeah. So, but he, now, and he knew about him. He he was yeah. raised to know raised him. Raised to know him. But he, his faith wasn't his own in terms of his relationship with God until right. then. Yeah. Well, that makes that makes sense. So he yeah. would have been, you know, uh, yep. 
wouldn't have thought probably, you know, he, he hadn't learned to trust in God for everything. So he was doing everything he could to get right. things to work out the way he wanted. Yeah. He just over and over again, and over and <laughs> over again. Like that gives me hope, <laughs> you know? And, and I think it is supposed to give us hope. Yeah. That if God considers some of these guys faithful, then through Jesus, right. he absolutely can consider us faithful. Right. And so sin, I, sin is not a relative thing. It's either sin or it's not sin. Or it's not. Yeah. You know, um, so that's 100% me putting my own like, oh, at least I'm not as bad as this guy. Yes. Um, but, you know, God sees it the same one way or the other. Yeah. Um, anyway. I think it's just yeah. good to know that we're not perfect. We can be in relationship with God. That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect just because we're in a relationship with him. Um, and there's a whole process of getting to that full relationship too, where it might be pretty bad before it gets sort of okay, but it's never going to be perfect. Right. So, you know, we're, we're going to, yeah. our behavior is not always going to look like we're walking with God. No, but because we have Jesus, it's counted to our, it's credited as to our account as righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we can't. Yeah. <clears throat> And and their faith was also credited to them as righteousness in the same way, even though it's pre-Jesus, the fact that they were looking ahead and trusting in God, that's what credits them, gets them that credit of righteousness. It's not their behavior. Right. right. So can I, just to clarify to the flocks though with Jacob, Yeah. it's, it's harder to have a pure white lamb, right? They would have to um, breed with pure white other lambs, uh-huh. right? Or goats, I'm sorry. They're animals, anyway. Yeah. Um, so his manipulating was to keep them from mating with each other. Right, but then they would mate with the black or the spotted goats, right? I'm in uh, 30, kind of towards the end. I mean, he doesn't really have anything. He doesn't take any of that into consideration. Like verse 37 says, Jacob took fresh cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. So that made it more appealing to go to the water trough with the branches in it. I don't Not necessarily. So. Okay. No. Okay, go ahead. And then um, Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus, he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Because remember, Jacob gets all the striped and speckled ones. Right. So whenever the strong females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals so they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones went to Jacob. Like, um, Hmm. it's visual aids. It says like in my, it's ridiculous. Well, I have a note that I hand wrote and I cannot tell you what 
where I got it from. Somebody must have told me this, and I just wrote it in the margin. This work of peeling the wood and setting it before the animals was an act of faith to keep Jacob's dream before him, that he was going to prosper and he was going to be part of that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob blessing for those people. So in doing that, he's, he's sort of living out that faith. Okay, I'm going to do this because that's going to increase my flocks. It's going to increase my wealth. I'm going to be blessed. That, that that act of peeling the wood and doing that, while it seems manipulative to us and ridiculous, was an act of faith on his part that God would use that action in some way to, um, to increase him and it would be counted as faith. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Cause there are, I mean, there, listen with farming and animal husbandry, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much superstition that goes along with it. Yeah. So much. And I, like I interpreted that to mean that it was just superstition where if like, this is what you're looking at, then this is what you're going to be thinking about while you're mating. While you're and mating. And there that's is, what your yeah. animals are going to, your offspring are going to come out. Like my father-in-law. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So okay. like my father-in-law has, he's an amazing farmer. I mean, this man is a genius at grafting things and getting things to grow the way that they're supposed to grow. And um, I mean, all kinds, he had one tree that had seven different kinds of fruit actively producing. I mean, Oh my goodness. Incredible. Um, But he has so many superstitions that go along with it. it. Yes. You have to plant it on a certain time of the month and you have to, the weather has to be a certain way. And some of that is real, but then you have to say these certain words and you have to hang a horseshoe on them. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be an actual horseshoe, but there has to be something that's shaped like a horseshoe. And I mean, all kinds of things. And it's like, you do understand that this is not whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, he calls out a blessing on each of the things. It's really funny because he puts a horseshoe on a branch as it's being planted. And he says, I do this in the name of the Lord. And it's like, the Lord doesn't care if you're putting a horseshoe on, <laughs> on the branch, you know, but it's all that superstition and yeah, everything else that goes along with it. So. And there certainly Bring could have been in. some of this okay. too, uh-huh. because th- I read something about, you know, Laban sort of saw that as a divination thing. Right. Um, so... Um, yeah, I have a note here. Laban claimed to have learned that by divination. Ah, that, that, okay. Laban claimed to have learned by divina- divination that God had blessed him because of Jacob. Mm-hmm. In other words, he thought his idols had given him this insight. Right. And that's Laban. I was thinking it was Jacob who was doing that. And I was like, how is this good? I just um, think that, um, you know, Jacob grows his flock because everything he did for Laban prospered. And Laban kept changing the prices the of his wages yeah, yeah. and his bride dowry and yeah. the bride. The bride. And, and um, the bride. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the white or the pure, because that's what we're to bring to God, right? Uh, um, they were to bring to God a, a white, unblemished, neither, with neither spot nor wrinkle. nor wrinkle. Those are the good ones. The speckled ones and the striped ones were, I think, in, in here, in Laban's... Um, herds the lesser animals and so jacob says give me these and there were fewer of them 
give me these and right. then I'll watch my flocks grow. And you'll know if I don't, if I have one that's not speckled, then I, it's, I stole it. Yeah. And his stuff prospers. Well, he was very strategic in that he, he only brought the strong females to mate mm-hmm. when they that's were in heat. That's so it. He, and that's, he was practicing a lot of different. That's where the manipulation comes in. Yeah. Is it's like, and it's wise on his part. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's manipulative, manipulative at the same time. Yeah. Because if he were honestly working his hardest to, you know, further um, their flocks, which is what he was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. then he would have been paying that much attention to both of them. Yeah. Right. But that was his way of earning his wages. That's what that was all about. He's because um, after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can get back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I've served you and I'll be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I've done has prospered. Um, the little you had before I came has increased greatly and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. So now when can I do something for my own household? Mm-hmm. So, right, and, and, those, and Laban uh, eagerly agreed to it. Yeah. I think thinking he thing, was getting the better part. But I think the thing yeah. that makes it feel so manipulative to me is the fact that like before this, Jacob was working for the best of all of it, right? So he's working for Laban for the and family. Laban for the family. And yeah. so he says this to Laban and Laban is like, that's great, fine. So Laban is under the understanding that he is going to continue to work at the way that he has been working in the past. Because he says, don't give me anything. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. So if I'm going to continue, the the indication is that I will continue working the way that I have been working. But these are going to be mine now instead of combining them together. But that's not what he does. He doesn't continue to work in the manner that he has been working. But Laban also takes his goats or sheep or whatever they are, his flocks, and he leaves. So he separates. He says, okay, fine. Now you're over here and I'm over here. Right. So I I think there's an understanding on Laban's part at this point that now Jacob's working for himself. He's not working for the common good anymore. He's, he's working for his little family. Got it. And so Um, then, then that piece is that. Because he puts a three day journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. a three-day journey between them. And, and, it pre- and then it becomes a, it's yours or it's mine. It's not ours. and Nothing's ours anymore. Except you got your in, stuff, I got my stuff. But in 36, it says he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. So they still belong mm-hmm. to him. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Where's 36? But... Well, it anyway, might be so, a little telling, like verse 37 starts off, um, you know, the, and Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob, however, mm-hmm. took fresh cut branches, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, however, maybe a little telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's going well, to continue to do this. 
Ma- but yeah, that's where it's manipulating. So I think that's the thing that hits mm-hmm. me is it being so manipulative is like, he's not continuing on. Yeah. But made the rest face the streak, dark colored animals that belonged to Laban. So yeah, right. the, the, the herd is mixed. Yeah. And he's, he's out for himself, which yeah. I probably would do the same thing in reality, you know, but that's just another reason that I feel like he's manipulative and we don't even have to go into all of this because again, we're not jumping into the character study of Jacob, but um, you know, there's, it is another example of all of these reasons that Jacob manipulates and lies and manipulates and lies. And then he's still seen faithful. So yeah. In 3110, it says, um, and this is Jacob speaking, in breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled, or spotted. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. And he said, look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flocks are streaked, speckled, or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has done, been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Hmm. Well, that doesn't answer it. I thought it was going to. Well, so maybe more of it was based on faith than we're realizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, maybe we should just lightly touch on this in our 20 minutes of Jacob. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, and and so (laughs) I just was so confused by that whole thing. You're right. We're not digging into Jacob. We're not doing a character study, but it's trying to find the points in the story that are filled with faith, where he's acting on faith. And I think it is, I think it is justified (laughs) <laughs> all right i'm gonna be probably quieter than normal this one because i just see him as so manipulative i do too. It's justified bringing that in yeah and it just you're right it does speak to the sovereignty of god when he's manipulative he's not trusting god those aren't points of faith right right yeah. i mean to me those are Unpoints. <laughs> Unpoints. Right? But then, uh, you know, Terry, that was really helpful when you were reading further and saying, but he had these dreams. And he was trusting God in those dreams. But he didn't have that relationship really with God. Not until Bethel. Until Bethel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, so bold for him to be like, you bless me or I'm not letting go of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I wish I could find it. I was trying to find it. Um Years ago, um, I attended community Bible study and um, was asked to speak on this passage where Jacob wrestles with God. And I did uh-huh. like 20 minutes on it, but I can't find it now. Anyway. Well, did you, did you see it as, um, as God honoring his persistence? I did, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and his boldness. And, and his boldness, we yeah. Are, we are told to go boldly, boldly. before the throne of God. Yeah. And ask boldly and speak boldly. And Jacob's yeah. like, yeah. give it to me. 
this is, and you've told me I can have it. And so give it to me. And I'm not going to let go until you have given me what you promised and how we are promised things. And now sometimes we just don't have them yet because we are not bold enough to ask. To ask. Yeah. We are not bold enough to grab on and have that tenacity to not let go until Mm -hmm. the time has come for us to be done. And he wrestles and wrestles and wrestles until God says, okay, that's enough. And then he hits, you know, he strikes his hip. Right. Um, But how God's in it with us Mm -hmm. and God is down in the muck and the wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling with with us while we go through that. And sometimes we have to wrestle to the point that we are never going to give up. And then God says, okay, now you're ready. Now you're ready. Yeah. Now it's time. Now you're ready. You know, we, we talk about, um, like Paul talks a little bit sometimes about training. You know, we, I think sometimes as the modern church, we lose sight of the fact that it takes persistence and it takes practice and it takes training to, um, to get where you want to go in anything, right? In any sport, you have to, you have to do that. And I think that, that, um, that that same idea is kind of a spiritual idea. Okay, you want a great relationship with God? Okay, you've got to do some training. You've got to bring your thoughts under control. You've got to bring your mouth under control. You've got to get in there and, and do some wrestling yeah. if you want to build that relationship with me. And it shows God when we do that that we are in it with him and we are expecting him to be in it with us. Right. So I I do kind of see that, how that might wrap around itself that, you know, we, I just think it's hard for us in the modern day. When we read this about Jacob, it just seems like he is grasping and manipulative, but I think there's a whole nother layer of context that maybe we don't, we miss um, in that, he knows the things that God promised his forebears. Mm-hmm. And so he is going to be persistent and he's going to insist that God honor what he said. Right. We take that as being presumptuous, but it's really, is it presumptuous to hold God accountable for what he's promised us to hold him responsible for what he said he will do? I don't think so. I think he likes knowing that we know what he's promised. That's it. And we have to remember the context that Jacob is just coming out of. Also, yeah, because Jacob has, you know, he was promised by Laban that it was, he was going to marry Rachel. Well, guess what? You can have her, but not right now. You got to take the old one first. Right. Exactly. And he has, um, you know, his own mother has said, you need to leave because we were too tricky and manipulative. And so you need to leave now. You need to leave where it is that you were supposed to have, but you shouldn't be here anymore. And your brother's going to kill you. So now you have to go. You know, so he sees all these things over and over and over again. And then he's like, okay, God, I get it. I get it. It's time. So anyway. Remember that that parable too, where Jesus talks about the persistent um, woman and the judge. You know, I used to look at that kind of the same way. It was like, you know, I shouldn't have to keep asking. (laughs) That that seems, you know, either I've asked you and I believe you've done it. Or you're not going to do it. I, I shouldn't have to keep asking and asking the same old stuff over and over again. But then there's that scripture about being persistent in prayer. And so I think there's a, there's a, a tension there. Um, and it's, 
it's important for us to, to, to recognize that. Yeah, I mean, we have, um, we have always said, if there is something big and important that you want, um, you need to know for sure that that's what you want and you need to know for sure that the time is right. So it's like, um, we were talking about tattoos one time and it was like, if you want a tattoo, this is something that's permanent. This is something that is not, you know, life changing, but it does change your body. This mm-hmm. is something that's going to be there forever. So yeah. you better be darn sure that it is what you want it to be. And it's going to be where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you want to do, you write it down, you draw out whatever it is, the design, where you want it, whatever you put it in an envelope, you seal it up, write the date on it. And you come back one year later. And if it is still the same thing that you want, if you go back to that and you say, I want a loaf of bread on the heel of my foot. And that's what you say. And then you open it up and it's a loaf of bread on the heel of your foot. Well, then you have been persistent enough and thought yeah. through it enough and yeah. are sure enough that that it's time now, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes oh, I think yeah. God uses some things like that. Like, yeah. you know, you're asking, but are you ready for it? You're not ready for it yet. Yeah. So keep asking, keep, and asking. keep remembering yeah. that this is what you want and that this is your goal. And when it's time, it's going to be time, mm-hmm. but now is not it. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I like that. But then as Jacob is fleeing from Esau, that's where he has the dream to the staircase. That's at Bethel too. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that's where he meets God and he's really catching what God's promises are. This is in eh, 28-ish. Yeah. 28, 10. Uh, 28, 10. Yeah. Right. Right after the blessing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, running away. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, so then he's hearing this. You know, like your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread east to west. He's hearing that similar blessing to Abraham, so he knows he's part of that blessing. Right. But it's yes. int- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that makes more sense as to why later on he's wrestling with God because he was promised these things and Laban did not give them like he was supposed to. Right. It's once I was like going back to that, I went, wait, there were two times he was at Bethel and it's like, Oh, the first time he got the blessing, he got it. And the second time was the wrestling. Right. And so even while he's in with Laban, it's like he may have been walking faithfully with God, trying to understand it. And God might've been sitting there teaching him saying, um, hey, you know what? This is what it's like when people are manipulative. This is what it's like. You know, this is what do you really want? What can you hold on to? What you know you're being given, or all that. I don't know exactly what God was doing there. And then Laban's fleeing. I'm sorry, Jacob's leaving Laban, and I think fleeing him. He had to get yeah, up and yeah. move. Yes. Once again, he's in that, and so he goes back to Bethel and says, "Hey, what's up?" You know. So then, having that perspective. That uh-huh. shift in perspective. How does that make us look differently at the way that Laban or Jacob is treating the flocks, the way that Jacob right. packs everything up and goes? Because mm-hmm. then you know Laban chases him down and he's like, These are all my, these are my kids, these are my grandchildren, yeah. like these don't belong to you. But Jacob's like, Yeah, they kind of do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've paid your price. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, these are mine. And, and like, all along, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say, and then Laban's like, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> because he got along, that dream. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All along, Jacob has been true 
to whatever Laban has said to him. Right. He hasn't tried to manipulate his way out of it. He hasn't taken his wives and stolen away in the middle of the night. Yeah. He has worked his seven years on, on wrongly for Leah, mm-hmm. seven years seven for more. Rachel, yeah. trying to build up his, he's built his flock and he's been blessed on every, Laban has had his uh, flocks built and he has been blessed because of Jacob. I think his, his, his righteousness in his dealings with him. Well, and remember that his father Isaac sent him to Laban to marry. He didn't right. want him to marry a Canaanite woman. He wanted him to go back to his mother's family. Right. And marry a woman from that tribe. Abraham mm-hmm. wanted that from Isaac. Did no, Isaac wanted Isaac it from Jacob wanted that too. From Jacob too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, because I loved it when Esau finds out that you know Jacob's that Isaac sent Jacob to get a a related woman, and he's already got a couple of Canaanite wives. He goes out and he marries one of Ishmael's daughters, right. thinking that'll make his dad happy. It's right. a, a whole bunch of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. But all the way through it, we see that, I mean, there is definitely manipulation happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jacob is somewhat manipulative, fairly manipulative. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, kind of all the way through, but again, it's, he's faithful. He's credited as faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes you kind of wonder what his heart was because these were his actions, but was his heart, was he doing it because that's what he genu- genuinely felt like he was being called to do? Sometimes we're wrong in the things that we feel like we're being called to do. Sometimes we get in our own head and convince ourselves that this is the right thing and this is what God has for me. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and do it when really that's not what God has for me. Sarah and Hagar. Right. Great example of that. Yeah. And it usually, there's a lot of timing. Things don't happen in our timing. And so then we think God's not taking care of it. And so we get in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that doesn't make me, my faith is still there faith because is still I there. genuinely feel like this is mm-hmm. what, you know, I know that God has said this and yeah. I know that this is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So am I trying to intentionally be manipulative? No, I'm trying to follow what it is. I yeah. just don't have the big picture. I don't well, have the state roadmap. I have the city roadmap. Yeah. So, so let's say you feel that God called you to be an evangelist. Okay, so now what do you do with that calling? I mean, I think if if we try and look at it and kind of how we would, what it would look like to us today, this blessing was a calling. It was a calling to create a nation, a people of God. So let's say I feel called to be an evangelist. Now, if I take steps to become one, if I go to Bible college and I, you know, start going around trying to talk at different churches, maybe I try and be a youth pastor first because that'll be a good you know experience for me and great you know on my resume am I being manipulative or am I being faithful to the call of God so see I I think Mm. we gotta if if Jacob feels he he knows he's called by God to carry this blessing so maybe 
some of these actions that look manipulative are are not. He's just trying to walk in that calling. Right. Because we have the the benefit of the big picture. We can look down on it and we can see the whole roadmap where he just has that teeny little bit. Just a little slice of it. So it's easy for us to judge. Yeah. And sometimes when you're following a calling, you're not always clear on what that next step is. And you do step out in faith. And sometimes that step out in faith is right. And sometimes that step out in faith is not. And so even in our own walks with God, we've got those situations where we've taken a step believing that God was going to, that's where he wanted us to go, but we didn't, we didn't take the right step. So when we have to turn around and go the other way. So I I think there's a lot, it's human nature. You know, we, we, we hear God, we step out. Sometimes we don't step far enough. Sometimes we step too far and sometimes we step in the wrong direction. All of that could look different. Right. It could look like, well, she's just a screw up, Mm -hmm. but, but maybe, I'm just trying to follow the call of God on my life. And God is gracious enough that he repeatedly just says, okay, well, you went 40 degrees north here. Well, let's just reroute a little bit and yeah. we'll, we'll take this and we'll use it. And then we will, you know, get we'll recalculate. Back on the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's taking that GPS and going, okay, let's just reroute. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And it doesn't but, even mean that those things that we see as missteps are outside of the will of God. Maybe I needed to make that misstep to learn a lesson. Or to, to meet someone or who you can be an influence or an example mm-hmm. to, or that, um, yeah, who can, who can take you under their wing? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I don't, I can, we've we've gone all around it, but did we really? We didn't get to the part where um, Jacob blessed Joseph's sons. Yeah, that's the part I went. That's the one piece we really haven't haven't. We talked about how I don't know who. Well, but we did. We said he took his sons as his own. He said these yeah. two, oh, right? Oh yeah, are going to be mine. Any that's other right. children you have after this, you can count them as your own. But these two are mine, and he blessed them. Yeah, that's right. So, Love it. Yeah, and why? Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. You're right. We did talk about yeah, that. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Um, whew, we got Jacob. And maybe just the idea that Jacob's name means he deceives. Yeah. It was right from the beginning. Not yeah. like that. He had that name all his life as a baby. He deceives. Yeah. Like we but always how, yeah. joke it like at our house, we always joke that your name says a lot about you, you know, and um, like when your parents name you, um, Prince or Colonel or Crystal <laughs> or, uh, you know, whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. how much do you expect out of your kid? You know, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're putting that expectation on them right from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my son's name, his middle name is Kendrick. And my cousin said, oh, that's a famous hemorrhoid hospital in Indiana. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've looked for it. And that's not true. That's just my cousin's. That's, that's just, just what they do. That is totally what they do. So anyway. A famous hemorrhoid hospital. hospital. I was like, first off, I don't think they have hospitals. Just for hemorrhoids. hemorrhoids. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, I don't a think specialty. So. That's, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Mm. I guess I never really realized the importance of a name, though, and what that does. <laughs> just like one other part with that, and, and it's when you guys were talking 
this doesn't have to be recorded, but I, I really think that it's almost like Jacob got that blessing in the dream at Bethel. And then he, and I don't know if we've really talked about it. I think maybe we have, but just that um, he needed to learn some things about himself and he needed to learn what it's like to have people manipulate against you. He needed to learn what it's like to then just trust God and do what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, And so that he could hold on to that blessing. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it happens with us where in the process of that waiting and the process of the fulfillment of that blessing coming, we have to learn things like God is trustworthy. Oh, God is who he says he is. Um, God will do things regardless of what I do. God's going to win. So how can I participate in that blessing? How can I participate with what he has for me? And I, I think you were right. It's like all that training that we do as a Christian It's so that we can hold on to what God has for us. And cut.